Welcome back to the School of Calisthenics, the Playground Sessions with Tim and Jacko. And we're back for number 65, if all goes well, in terms of the planning. Um, and we are doing another Q&A. So no guests or us as guests or other people says, <laughs> answering the best, the ones we love best, the ones you probably also love best because we get to answer your questions. Those of you that work hard to get into the algorithm. Yep. It's not obviously. easy. It's not, it's not an easy challenge. But um, It is actually really easy. We're very easily <laughs> pleased. But today we're going to kick off with recovery as a, as a top line conversation to start with because yeah. we get a lot of questions around this. We get a lot of conversation um, when people are asking us about their training and how to structure it. And recovery is always something which comes up. And to be honest, it's a bit of a sticking point for people because it, they often don't like what we tell them is probably going to be the best course of action for them. Um, and it, a lot of it is driven because people enjoy training. They want to feel like they're moving forward. They're passionate about achieving their goals. But the difficult thing is, and rest is sort of seen to be counterproductive to those things. So we're going to talk a little bit around just how to structure rest periods. Um, sorry, how good to structure rest weeks within your training blocks and then the benefits of those. But I'll kick us off, Jacko, with uh, some thoughts I've had. So the last few weeks, I've got training back on a bit of a, a, an upward trend. Uh, my consistency has been good. Intensity has been good. And I trained today. I felt a little bit smashed after the session. I was, it was a struggle to get through. I didn't feel great, um, but I'm trying to be consistent and dedicated to actually getting work done in the gym because I want to keep moving forwards. But today was a bit of an eye-opener and I thought like, if I look at the total context of what I've done, like the past, present and future, just to kind of segment it out and go, well, the past is I've trained pretty well. The present from today is I don't feel great. And over the weekend, it's Friday today as we're recording this, but over the weekend, there's going to be an opportunity for me to train if I want to. I can do something at home. Um, but that is going to be at the cost of potentially some recovery. And then that's also then going to make me think about what I'm going to do next week. So if I train again this weekend and I'm already feeling a bit smoked, next week is going to have a little bit of a, it's going to take a hit. There's going to be a knock-on effect on my training intensity and how I feel about that next week. So am I going to be better off this weekend taking measures to set myself up for next week? So when I've got half an hour, the hour that I want to do something, am I going to go and jump up on the bar and start doing more pull-ups that I've been doing all week? Or am I better off dedicating that time towards some recovery, just doing some loosening off? My, my elbows and my wrists are feeling a little bit grotty. Um, I might go for a gentle recovery style run without going to go and trying to hammer anything too difficult. And to be honest, the other thing is, why not just take the opportunity to have a nap we know that sleep is one of the most effective forms of recovery people always go what's best recovery is it compression yeah. is it some form of something well, actually it's sleep um so those are the sorts of things that are going through my mind about what am i going to do this weekend to set myself up based on how i feel at the moment and that sort of wraps up into a bigger conversation about giving yourself freedom for recovery and knowing that it's important in actually moving you forwards from an adaptation perspective and then also future training intensity yeah it's a part of training that is essential if you're going to progress one that you you are in control of but don't always feel like you're in control of and is much harder to be good at than um being good at training so like a lot of us are very good at training hard going hard and going hard at it 
Um, but we find it very good to be, um, well, we had a coach who used to talk about, it was like, right guys, we're going to be, it was like this, um, this whole idea of like incremental gains and whatnot. But he had the, the phrase used to, we're going to be Olympic, I want, we're going to be Olympic standard today. And he was like, I don't care what it is you're doing. If you're going to the toilet, you're going to do an Olympic style Was that urination. your coach or was that from Cool Runnings? Where he, <laughs> yeah, no, very I, Olympic today. I think he'd watched Cool Runnings. <laughs> and taken some coaching philosophy and inspiration Shout from out to the Jamaican bobsleigh team. Glenn Delaney. <laughs> no other than Glaxo um, he yeah he would talk it was like we're going to be Olympic today but just that and, and one thing that I think is very difficult to bear is like Olympic standard recovery um, an RSNC coach was, was quite hot on this and he'd, he'd push the guys like myself would find it difficult to recover he used to have sometimes they'd come in and they'd be like uh, you'd get your, your testing would be done and that wasn't always um things that you don't want to get tested on like your body fat and whatnot some of it was like neural adaptation and how fatigued you were and the idea of okay you're not allowed to train today because you're too fatigued you haven't recovered like just blows your mind as a as a person who wants to train and you're like ah like but but and the coach is thinking i want you to be firing on all cylinders and to do it be an olympic standard at the weekend which is five, six days or however many days away. And I want you to be ready for that. Now, whether you train now and just put yourself in more of a hole, that's not going to help you um, be at your best at the weekend. Now, the the difficult thing, and that's when someone else is controlling it for you. The difficult thing as we train now for most of us are training for, for fun, for health reasons, for just knowing that being active is good or, you know, I don't know, you want to, uh, there's a hot chick you want to impress with your human flower or whatever boy. we've all got different motivations for, for training but generally we don't have any constraints around how many times we can train other than just your job and whatnot. but if you wanted to you could get up earlier and train in the morning and you could uh, stay up later and train at night and, and we can we can just do it as, as much as we can as our body just breaks down and um, not having some constraints around that and being allowed to do anything was something I found quite difficult when I came out of of playing a sport to go crikey like overtraining becomes way too easy if you're if you're of that mentality yeah. one of the things that I've, I learned in my early days as a strength and conditioning coach was when I started working with Rich Whitehead someone that, that we still support now um, I remember having a conversation with his coach which, which is um, Liz Yelling she sort of oversees his, his program and very um, successful marathon runner high performance athlete commonwealth games um and she said we need to be doing the least amount of training to get the most amount of change and i think it's often easy to look at that and categorize that towards elite athletes but it's the same principle for us because any time that we're not training is increasing the amount of time that we have for recovery so more is more is just actually coming at the cost of of recovery and we yeah we're not under the same pressure to perform as what an elite athlete is but the same principles apply that if you want to be in the gym for, for two hours, could you actually get that work done in an hour and have more opportunity to recover and therefore get a better session in the following day? Um, and just to kind of put this into context of what we're talking about, that every time we train or we exert some sort of physical energy and, and actually let's we can broaden that out and, and include the amount of emotional stress that you've got going on in your life. So whether family, job, relationships, that's all stress that the, that the body is going to experience as well as what you're doing as part of your physical training. But let's take the gym as an example. Every time we go and train or we, we do calisthenics or whatever it is, we're gonna we're effectively digging a hole. The harder we train, the more regularly we train, the deeper that hole is gonna get. Every single session we're taking dirt out of the ground and making a hole. When we allow some recovery, it's an opportunity to put some dirt back in the hole. 
but and if we look at it from a graph on a how we map it from a, an athlete's perspective what we want to do is we want to create a hole we have to create some some stress because that's going to give us the opportunity to to restore the, the physical response is going to be an adaptation and what what the what the, the body or the brain is going to experience is right you've stressed me you've done heavy pull-ups i don't like that level of stress the, the brain and the central nervous system wants to be at equilibrium it likes this flat line things to be stable and nice and secure and not too much fluctuation it's efficiency and economy is the number one objective so when we create some stress we perturb that environment and the brain is going to elicit a response going well i don't want you to create that stress on my system again so i'm going to super compensate i'm going to go i'm going to make the muscles stronger i'm going to make myself more um and improve fitness for example because you can't then stress me to the same level again and i have an opportunity to keep this equilibrium within the system well what we do from a sports perspective or training perspective is we take that super compensation where the brain has gone right you're now better than you were when you were at baseline in performance terms and then we're going to train again and we're going to dig a hole and then when we come down to that hole we then allow some recovery the brain goes to the same process it looks to super compensate so we can't repeat the stress and then we're going to get this little bit of an improvement and over time what we're going to find is our baseline performance on day one is actually going to notch up over time because every time we dig a hole we super compensate and we go above where we started and then we do it again so we're consistently trying to move this graph in an upward trend but where people go wrong is when we train 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 you're effectively just digging a hole and you're never creating enough opportunity to fill that hole back in and actually then get back up into that super compensation point so often if people are finding that they're not progressing they're not moving forward they're starting to feel broken down and injured um, or we're getting these little niggles and it's just things are feeling heavy clunky like they're just not not snappy that's often a sign that you probably need to take some time off and we're not talking about a day we might be talking about a week and if you've been in that space where you've been absolutely hammering training for months maybe years that hole can be pretty significant and you might need some more time to come out of it so the best thing and the most pragmatic approach to this is actually just a scheduling regular deloads and it will feel like if you're if you're not used to it your psychology of that is going to be disrupted and you're going to feel like i'm I'm getting worse i'm going backwards i'm losing all my gains that's a mindset that's completely in your own head Um, i can pretty much guarantee that after one week you of even doing nothing you're not going to come in that much lower than where you started if you've accumulated a certain level of of stress within the system you have to adapt if we're going to improve and if we're going to super compensate we've come in with the expectation that um we're going to come in better yeah, um, and I, I want some other sort of markers. So for the takeaway for for, for people out there, some markers that we want to look out for as to am I am I due a rest week? So one, as Tim says, actually having it planned in periodically, no matter what. Um, other things to look out for if you're a little bit more loosey goosey with your training and you're not necessarily following as a. a a period you know you might want to but you just can't because life circumstances but uh, some some really simple ones if you come in the gym and you've been doing some strength work and you come in and you can't perform what you did a couple of weeks ago or the week before and you just feel weaker you're in a hole yeah you must be in a hole if you've if you've not been training and you feel weaker that's why you've just lost strength yeah if you've been training and you know and that's just an honesty call with yourself you know you've been working hard and if you're wondering Am I overtraining or not? Chances are you are someone that is 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 going to be in that. You're not someone that's just sat up, sat on the sofa yeah. uh, not training. Um, other things like if you're struggling, if your sleep is, if you're finding it difficult sleeping and your sleep is disrupted, that can be a sign that we're we're too over fatigued. Um, and then also um, 
our hunger levels if we are if that's if that's taking a hit and you're not feeling um your normal self in some of those other uh sort of your standard sort of yeah. practices throughout the day because we, we have these the, the terminology around that is we have this overreaching which is starting to get to a point where we're putting a bit of additional stress on the system and we're effectively we're in this added we're in need of this um, this recovery block if you go too far if you overreach for too long you're sort of going outside the boundaries of what your system is going to be able to recover from in, in a reasonable time period and then we get into overtraining for the most recreational athletes it's pretty difficult to get into overtraining you've got to be pushed pretty hard for a long period because it's just you've got other stuff going on you're not a full-time athlete if you've got nothing else to do apart from train it's not difficult to get into overtraining if you start hammering it and then you start putting some emotional stress on top of it um but the, the idea just of thinking you have to look at the whole training block and start to just think i think for me like personally when i know that i need a rest i just don't feel good like i can feel fine during the day and around and about and, and, and sleep and, and, and food and diet and stuff can or nutrition can be fairly sort of consistent my hunger levels i'm sorry um are fairly consistent but it's when i get in the gym i just don't feel good like nothing feels like it's yeah. clicking trying to handstand some... which i can do every day of the <laughs> yeah. week and i can't do one when you try to do a pull up and you're like crack that felt hard yeah yeah <laughs> like, exactly if there's something easy or something relatively basic for yourself is starting to feel yeah. difficult then yeah it's, it's just, maybe a bit of a sign and listen to your body isn't it that's if you feel like that but then have the confidence to to take a rest period of take a, a, a rest week or a deload week and within that you can still do stuff but yeah, just don't take, do take stuff intensity take a message then for people what if they've they've they've, they've took some of those markers that you, we've just talked about and gone or they're or they're all they've, they've bought into the idea of periodically every sort of four to six weeks they're going to put a rest or deload week in rest week what does that what are some of the things that people can actually then do and what are some of the recommendations yeah. do you, of it, a whole week off or nothing or a little bit of here a little bit there like what what's what would be your take on for people yeah I, th- I think the, the first point of point of call of that is just to go well, how much are you training over that six week block for example because if you're doing one session a week and that's it there's way more than enough time to recover within that yeah. week that you're not going to need a deload week but if you're hitting four or five sessions a week and the intensity of those sessions is high and then you're starting to feel like you're getting beaten up then that's the time so if you if you're doing four or five sessions but feeling good and you're progressing week on week Week, then your your recovery strategies which are the amount of time that you're not training the sleep that you're getting your nutrition they're all working well you're recovering effectively but if you're finding that you're on this downward trend a little bit that's when you need to sort of to plan one in so do listen to your body your body will tell you what it needs if you become in tune to what it's saying so in terms of what if you decide right okay i need a week off or i'm going to take a deload week which is not necessarily no activity you might focus a little bit more if you're doing calisthenics on your skill-based progressions just do some hand balancing nothing too strength orientated we're not going to go and try and pb or or do more reps on a handstand push-up than we've ever done before but just play around with some balance have a play session do some stuff which is just more skill doesn't require a huge amount of force production um that those sorts of sessions come at a smaller cost because it's less um, it's less demanding, there's less stress on the system. So those are, are good things to do. Mobility, movement, low intensity running, we would sort of, or, or, or cardio exercise, if you want to call it that, we would sort of always plan in recovery uh, metabolic work at around 60% at max heart rate so you, you sort of like 6 out of 10 that sort of running talking kind of pace yep. and the benefit of that is it starts to just flush out some of the waste products that have accumulated from training so gentle work a swim or something like that might actually help but just don't get drawn into 
thinking that all of a sudden go out for, I'm going to go for a recovery run and all of a sudden Smash you do it. a hill sprints yeah. right? be disciplined with it um, I've been enjoying a swim and a sauna perfect loving it yeah and just and have the confidence in the plan that you're going to come back stronger this is hard nailed down science this is not like this is not from a bro science university <laughs> like we can prove adaptation it comes off the back of rest following stress and stimulus um, so give yourself that opportunity know you're going to come back and just enjoy it and, and I think the last point for me on this is just sometimes things take longer than what we think we would like them to like you might want to get a muscle up in the next two weeks sometimes we get people through going oh, I've got all these goals uh, muscle up hands down human flag and I want to do it by week on Thursday yeah. and what's where are you rush? now I can do one pull up what's, yeah. what's the, my big question at the moment is like why are we all what's what's the film because the world's got itself in a big old rush or something um, Shawshank yeah it's Shawshank yeah. Um, but we are like we're massively in a rush like for tra- like we're immersed obviously in training and we are like and we are in we are in it as well the same but I just we've got a long time for these things and actually, they take time getting strong yeah. takes time like to do some of the higher level things that you might want to do in calisthenics like it's it's going to take some time to build the strength depending on your starting point but we experience that all the time as we get as we set our sights on more difficult movements the reality is I've got to go and do some basic strength and that might take three or four months for me to yeah. get to that point. Um, it's not a process of packing it in in two weeks and, and not recovering because th- the smart thing is play the long game, make a plan, roll the plan and give yourself the opportunity to create this right stress and then give yourself the opportunity to actually adapt to it. And, and I think the, that knowing where like if your week gets just disrupted, if you don't have that consistency, you, your rest periods might come as a virtue of just not being able to train. Like if you have a busy week at work, well, that's your rest week. Okay, there's emotional stress within that. You might need a bit more time off. But again, it, be flexible with it and just see it as a, as a broad piece of uh, piece of your training program. And, and But it does need to happen on a regular basis. Yeah. And if my, you're hitting it hard. My final thought, sort of taken for recovery is just to say that just like lots of the things we're trying to do with our training are difficult and take a lot of practice. So is recovery. Recovery can be, depending on your personality type particularly, it, it can be difficult to get good at and therefore you're going to need to, it's going to sound weird saying it, it sounds weird even thinking it, but I'm going to say it. Are you ready? <laughs> you're going to need to practice getting good at recovery. Yeah. If we're going to be Olympic standard in our recovery, it's not, you might you might be th- have been thinking about it and Tim's convinced you that you need a recovery week next week and you're going to try it next week and it may go great, it might be average or it might be terrible who knows but it doesn't mean that you you can't re-evaluate it and then look at okay how can I there's lots of different things we've said you can do like explore those different things experiment with it practice it the idea of just open your, open our minds up to the practice uh, the idea that we can practice getting better at recovery not That's, to open a can of worms no, but reflecting on my own experiences and people that we meet I in the past have been addicted to training mm. where I can't take a rest period and you might you think because it's a healthy endeavour we think that that's okay but yeah. actually if you can't like if if, you, if the idea of taking a week off training like sends shivers <sighs> down your does, spine it, I, I'm still in that pl- I find that's still a weird like place for me yeah but 
reflect on that because it's it's a uh, it's a thinking point for sure that isn't it is a training addiction healthy that's a conversation yeah, yeah that's let's do that another focus i'm gonna rest <laughs> on sunday that's for sure yep day off good next question yes. please dave next question is like two questions rolled into one about muscle ups uh one from steve t and another um on i'm gonna get his name says so on instagram aaron Wearmouth. there you go i even said that right i think this is sounds good all one word um, I assume his first name's Aaron <laughs> uh, and it's about muscle ups and so Aaron wanted to know um, the best exercises what's the if Tim had one best thing to do to improve power to get over the bar for his muscle up it depends on your starting point that's a tricky one. My yeah. one best exercise. The thing with the muscle up is that people think it's a pull up and it is, but it's extremely fast, explosive pull up. And a lot, not many people come to muscle up training having trained fast, explosive pull ups because they never needed to before mm. because the purpose was to get your chin over the bar. That's where we think a pull up finishes. Um, so to be able to do the muscle up, you need to start to train some more explosive speed. So there's Can a, I chuck in the other, just because yeah. then it's going to add in because I made a bit of a mistake. It wasn't from Steve T. I was going to say that, yeah. The other, question, the other question around the muscle up was from Reese the Jack, our friend in Down Under. Brizzy. In Brizzy. Uh, in Australia, he um, was struggling with his high explosive pull-ups, right. and therefore it does. It's going to sort of, and it's going yeah. to be a two become ones in a bicycle kind of way. <laughs> um, Great you're song. To, you're going to be able to answer. You're going to be able to answer the two questions yep. in one hit, sort of ish. Yeah, and we'll see whatever we can bang on about. I'm going to go quickly on this one. Ooh. First port of call is do your pull-ups from a dead hang and when you think about pulling up, pull as fast as you can and okay. try and get your chin above the bar or you get, you get your chest rib, rib cage as far above the bar as possible. A lot of this comes down to intention. It's the same as when we do max strength work if you're going to go and lift a heavy deadlift or you're going to go on bench press you have to be thinking about creating a massive amount of intention so my my purpose is to move the bar um, because it's a heavy weight and the same applies when it comes to power um, movements or which is where the muscle up falls in that category of a power-based exercise you've got to think about shifting that weight explosively and quickly and trying to get as high above the bar as you can. Giving yourself that end target of getting your chest to the bar or sternum to the bar helps the motor learning component of that, of actually completing it rather than just kind of giving yourself the idea of getting your chin above it. So think about getting high. Your head through the ceiling. Yeah. And and it won't feel like you're moving that fast. It might not feel like you're getting that high to start off with, but the intention is there and that is a massive part of developing um, the, the explosive power that you need um if you've got some pull-up power um in the locker already then i'm going to move on to weighted pull-ups and you're just going to start to again do exactly the same you're going to just increase the amount of force that you can produce you're going to try and lift it quickly even though you're not going to go that that fast because of due to the weight the, the additional weight you've got on working in rep ranges of, as of say one to five and four to six sets so you're kind of in your max strength um variables there um and then the other thing is that we were, we were put into that was a high high banded pull, like using a band to just help you to get that speed. If, if you want to be fast, you've got to train fast. So having a band to help you with that explosive nature is going to start to, to program your neural system to, to produce force more rapidly. Um, so our focus there is velocity and 
Power ultimately is force multiplied by velocity. And for a muscle up, we need both those things. The higher you can get above the bar, the easier the transition is. Don't even worry about yeah. the transition so you can get high. And it, the transition actually, t- when you, someone that's never done a muscle up before and you stick a band on them and guide them through the movement, you don't have to do anything about the transition it happens it takes care of itself like tim says if you get that high um and just one thing on the the speed the velocity the speed side of things um generally we as in the collective community of trainers and fitness we don't train upper body um speed particularly well generally most people um, might do some speed work for their lower body in the gym but for the upper body it's just it's way more strength based and if you want to teach your uh, brain your system to fire quickly um it's not going to happen by lifting heavy things slowly so as well as having the strength aspect of it we've, we've got to train ourselves to do um to move fast as tim says otherwise you're not you're not going to move fast and and you're not going to have one half of that power equation that's going to get you above the bar. Yeah, I train if I'm going to go if I'm going to train pull-ups for pull-ups or pull-ups for muscle-ups. That's actually two fairly significantly different exercises in the way that I go about them. Yeah. Um, the muscle pull-up is very much more specific of what I'm focused on. I don't need to train all my pull-ups like that because sometimes the focus on my pull-ups is volume rather than intensity in terms of the, the speed of movement and the connection. So. Yeah. I think if you're going to go into your muscle training, that's the thing to start thinking about. Get from a dead hang, start getting twitch out of the bottom position. It's like that starting strength. The same thing if you're going to set off from a block uh, as a sprinter or do something explosive with your legs. You want to create that snap and that twitch, that reactivity. Um, and that's something we probably don't have a huge amount of in the upper body because we just don't train it that much yeah. over years. We haven't spent much time jumping on our hands. Like we've done a lot of that since we were kids of just having that explosive stuff when we're running. So those are all sort of like, parts of the muscle up conversation i think of of getting going so twitch from a movement specific position of a dead hang and then getting fast explosive and get high and and that's going to take some time to develop Uh, and if you're a visual learner there's two videos on our youtube channel that uh, go into the detail of this one is of uh, i think titled like five uh, common muscle mistakes or something along those lines and there's one where we really do address the velocity part yeah. of the force velocity curve um tim even draws a, a, a graph on a blackboard mm-hmm. it is very exciting i dare say when this goes out jacko the bar muscle class will well, also be live just in the virtual classroom if somebody wants uh, the full sort of structured program to follow week by week uh broken down into lessons and modules with uh, tracking your progress with assessments um along the way all of that is uh um, yeah, in the virtual classroom and as a member you get access to all of those classrooms everything all in one go so whether you're wanting to just jump onto the muscle up class or whether you're wanting to do a few other things which generally everyone wants to do more than uh, one yeah. thing you get access to to everything so make sure you do check that out we'll put the link in the um, description for the virtual classroom so you can check that one out end of question two is that it for today? That is it for today. Keeping it short and sweet. It's because we ran over in the last Q&A that we did by about 20 minutes longer than we planned. So we're going to keep this one short. So I hope those have been useful, guys. Some like little snippets from us keeping it short and sweet today. But um, definitely go away and think about the recovery. Think about where you're at with your recovery and your your mindset or um, psychology around recovery, especially if you're somebody who's doing six or seven sessions or training days a week. Um, go and have a little bit of a think about that. If you do one session a week, crack on just train hard for that one session a week and and keep going but um yes i think it's a very important and useful little bit of a narrative to have with yourself about 
how you feel about recovery and then also what strategy you put in place to make sure that you are going to progressively and consistently move forwards towards redefining your impossible. And I was going to say, if you are on that process of redefining impossible of the muscle up, stick at it. Uh, we remember when it felt impossible. We also remember, and I always say, you never forget the feeling when you first get over the bar. Um, it is amazing and it is well worth it. So stay at it. We're here for you and want to help you. If you've got any questions along the way, just ask them on either you can email us, uh, you can go to the website and ask questions. Um, you can send questions on your favorite social media platform. Uh, we are there for you to help you along that journey. Can I say one last thing about the muscle up? Uh, yeah, of course you can. Just thinking when you said when we experienced the first time we got over the bar, what we've since termed as the faux bar uh, yeah. muscle up <laughs> is when you learn a muscle up on a a, a standard like it's gym like, based basically pull up station. If there's, a, if there's some, if there's if the pull up bar isn't a one continuous bar and it's more yeah. like two handles, there's space in between in the middle, but to put to put your chest. I remember I worked at one Christmas. I was like, I set myself up to doing ten. I did ten in a row on there. And then I couldn't do couldn't one, do one. straight bar. I was like, this is brutal. Yeah, the straight bar <laughs> just is got... Yeah, so practice on a straight bar on those. You can practice your pull-ups and your high pulls and that sort of stuff we were talking about on, on the faux bar, but don't don't trick yourself into thinking you can do a muscle-up on a straight bar and, if you've got a faux... Well, yeah, unless yeah. you're super strong, there's no problem. Might be or, you know, or, or if you're just quite happy doing it on the hunt, like each yeah. round, yeah, yeah. is what I would say. Yeah. Um, great. That, yeah. So that is it. End of our playground session for today. So... Oh, I, you know, I wanted to ask for just some feedback. If you, so this one is going to be under 30 minutes. If you like the shorter version or if you like the longer versions or an hour, anything, the topics that you want to ask us about, give us feedback so we can, you know, the podcast is about you guys and, and serving you guys. So um, anything that you want us to cover, if you want them, either, if you're like, no, if we have loads of messages saying, just make them 10 minutes then we'll make a 10 minute podcast yeah. if you want him to be 3 hours we probably won't we could we'll, do we'll basically <laughs> do whatever you want in return for a 5 star review on iTunes <laughs> or just a message saying we really enjoyed yeah. the podcast that'll do me <laughs> so yeah guys if you want any more from us you can find everything that we've got on a virtual classroom but until next time class dismissed <laughs>